When I was 15 years old, I went forward and was baptized at a church because I didn't want to go to hell. I did not have the Spirit of God. I was not led by God. I hadn't been convicted of my sins. I didn't even know I had any sins. I just didn't want to go to hell. Of course, I was not born again, but I didn't know that. I would have told you that I was a Christian and did tell people I was a Christian if they asked me. But I wasn't. There are countless numbers of hundreds of thousands of millions of people like that today attending church and having no idea that they are not Christians. But when the Spirit of God speaks to you by the will of God, then you are electrified. You are changed immediately by the Word. The Word comes into us then and lives in us and guides us and teaches us when we are born again. Ephesians chapter 1 says, All who believe the Word are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have that Spirit of God inside us when we believe the Word. Well, I didn't disbelieve the Word or believe the Word. I didn't even hear the Word when I was 15. I just didn't want to go to hell. And I did what men said to do to keep from going to hell. God had mercy on me and 20 some odd years later said to me, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I, inside me, said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. I had no idea I was sinning. Because the Holy Spirit was not there to convict me of my sins. I was doing what they told me to do at church to a certain degree. I'm sure I wasn't doing all of what they told me to do. But I certainly didn't see that I had sinned until after the Word told me that. And then when I heard that, I knew I had. And I was born again then. It is a great mystery. It is very simple, but seems very complex. To those of us who have had God reveal himself to us, and we have had an experience with God, we understand. The others would hear this message and not have any idea what I'm talking about. What is the difference between us? All people would acknowledge that there was a man named Jesus who walked on the earth. So what does it mean when it says... Those who confess Jesus has come in the flesh are the children of God. Because everybody knows. It's just like everybody knows there was a man named Napoleon. Everybody knows there was a man named Jesus. The problem is they don't think he was the son of God. But they know he was a man. Is there anyone on the face of the earth that doesn't know that there was a man named Jesus long ago, who walked on the earth? They, they know that. But what they don't know is that he was the word of God. He was the word of God before he was Jesus. 
If you read John chapter 1, you will see that he was, in the beginning was the Word. He was there at the creation of the earth. He actually created the heaven and the earth. Without him, it says there wouldn't even be anything created. How did God create the heavens and the earth? By the word. Let there be light. And there was light. He was the creator of the heaven and the earth. He was with God and they were one. God and Jesus. And that is the word. He became Jesus many decades later, many, many thousand years later. There was a man, he, be, he came to earth in the flesh as Jesus. But it's that word that is Jesus. Anytime you see the word the Lord, you should think of the word. Any time in a scripture where it says, the Lord is my cup and my portion. That's the word, is my cup and my portion. The Lord is my shepherd. The word is my shepherd. You can't, that's what that's meaning. The Lord is the word. Jesus is the word. Everything is the word. He was there at the beginning. He's there at the end. He dwells in us who believe. He dwells in us by the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of Jesus. This is the difference between the people who are of God and those who are not of God. And Jesus told us in the end times, many would come saying that he was the Christ. And they would deceive many. Many would come saying Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, they will deceive many. Matthew 24 verses 4 and 5, I believe. It's the word that's everything. God speaks to us today directly by his word. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and the Holy Spirit brings to our mind the message from God, whether it's a scripture or a concept. In the year 2020, in the middle of March, at the point in time where we learned in the United States of this raging pandemic, called coronavirus at that very time I had a house for sale in Texas it had been on the market for a year and a half and had not sold how am I going to sell this house in Texas in the middle of a coronavirus so I turned to God and I said is there anything you want me to do about that house in Texas immediately a concept was brought to my mind by God, through the Holy Spirit, and that concept was this. Put the house on a special sale for one week. Reduce the price. Immediately, I called 
my real estate agent and told her to do this. She thought it was a great idea. She asked me if she could do it for two weeks instead of one week, and I said, yeah, go ahead. It sounds like I disobeyed God, but I didn't. The house sold in two days in the middle of this coronavirus. In June, I think it was, 2020, I was wrestling with a problem. I've had several broken bones in my body due to accidents. I'm 82 years old at the time I'm making this recording. I've had lots of broken bones. Left hip has been broken twice. There's frequently pain when I'm sitting, and I can't stand, so I'm mostly always sitting or lying down. I was considering having our old cars reupholstered on the passenger side where I sit because I no longer drive. And I was thinking about having this reupholstery done. My car is 26 years old. Pam's car is 16 years old. We had two old cars. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just have them reupholstered. And I heard the following in the form of the thought. Or you could just buy a new car. I said, that's right, I could. I could buy a new car. That was God speaking to me by his spirit. A vast number of church people would not believe that. This is where they don't believe Jesus comes to us today in the flesh and lives in us in the flesh and directly speaks to us that way. But I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And that night I even had a dream where I bought a new car. Well, we went out immediately and that same day bought a new car because I knew I was led by God. In December, on December 6, 2018, I, had, I fell at my house in the middle of the night. I fell in the hallway. As the ambulance workers were rolling me past the front door of my house, I heard these words. You'll never see this house again. I knew it was God. It didn't trouble me. I wasn't concerned. I knew God had it all worked out for me. In the hospital, they had to operate on me, and then I had two and a half months in rehab, and I was in pretty poor condition. I couldn't walk at all. And I didn't know if I would live or not. God hadn't told me whether or not I would live, and I hadn't asked him. I hadn't prayed to live, and I didn't even ask him, but I just didn't know if I would live or not. But the one thing I did know he would take care of me. It didn't really matter. I would be taken care of whether I lived or died. But I heard that word. I would not see that house again. Did I believe that word? Yes. I believed it was God speaking to me. With all my heart, I believed it. I immediately, even from the hospital, put the house up for sale. Immediately. 
one of our church members saw me do this, and she said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, I've heard from God. I won't see the house again, so there's nothing to do but put it up for sale. What else am I going to do with it? See, she didn't believe. Paula, I did believe. She's no longer with us. There are millions and millions and millions of church-going people today who think they are Christians, but they do not believe that Jesus speaks directly to us as I have described to you. They don't believe that Jesus has come into our flesh, the flesh of us, to lead us and guide us and speak to us. And that's what it means when it says we have to believe that Jesus has come into the, in our flesh, in the flesh. It doesn't mean that we have to believe that a man named Jesus once lived on the earth. It means that Jesus, the Word, lives in us today to guide us and to teach us and to show us things to come. He lives in us. He's with us at all times in the form of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's guiding us and leading us so that we know what to do. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal the will of God to us. That you will read in 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells about the work of the Spirit of God. They don't believe that. If you tell them that God showed you to do something, the majority of church people just stare at you blankly like, yeah, right, she's gone a little crazy. Or they just don't bother to listen. The majority of church members don't even believe Scripture. They think they believe scripture but they don't do scripture which shows they don't believe scripture you see everything is revealed by what we do if someone comes to you today and says your house is on fire and you just sit there and do nothing you're saying you don't believe them but if you believe what they're saying what do you do you jump up and run out to see about it well, that's the way we are on Scripture. If we believe that Scripture, we do it. The majority of church members today do not believe Scripture. They don't believe it's God speaking. And they don't believe it's God speaking to us by the Holy Spirit. They think it's just optional as to whether or not we do that Scripture. And it makes no sense to their natural mind that if the man marries a divorced woman, he commits adultery, which Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. It makes no sense to their mind. The reason it makes no sense to their mind is explained for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are of the Spirit of God. They're the natural man. They're not born again. They're not Christians, though they think they're Christians. 
They will argue with you even, saying that they are Christians when they are not born again because you don't know you're not born again until you're born again. And then you know what your life was like before and after. But before you're born again, you think you're a Christian. Well, that's what we've got. We've got a heavy dose of that today. The ones who are Christians are the ones who believe the word. They came to Jesus once, and this is in uh, John 6, and they said, what, what can we do that we can do work the works of God? And Jesus said, believe on him, the word whom God has sent. Believe on that word God has sent. If you are born again, read John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is something that I often read and delight in because it tells about the word becoming flesh, the word coming down to us, the living word, the word from God. And you know what the living word is if you are born again. You know what it's like to have God give you an idea which helps you or comforts you. One time a woman sent me a birthday card and she told, in, she sent a note with the birthday card where she told all the things she was doing. She and her husband were doing these things and she had been to her grandson's wedding and she had been with her daughter and they had all these plans for the holidays. And I heard, you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. And I screamed out as I read the card, I screamed out, that's right. See, I was reading the card. The Holy Spirit in me was watching me read what this woman wrote. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. And even before I could become a little depressed, he jumped up and said, but you are dead and your life is hid with Christ. I didn't have a husband. I didn't have a grandson. I didn't have a natural daughter. But my life was hid with Christ. And when he comes, then your life will appear. It doesn't look like I have a life, but it's hid with Christ. That's Colossians chapter 3. The Holy Spirit was quoting Colossians 3 to me. And I recognized it. I recognized the Spirit speaking to me. And I screamed out, you're right. You're right. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And he's also described as the comforter. If we look at two sections of scripture. John chapter 14 verse 26. And John chapter 16, verse 13. First, John 14, verse 26. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. At the time Jesus spoke this to the disciples, the Holy Spirit hadn't been given to everyone. That would not happen till after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. 
Then the Holy Spirit was given to all believers. So he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Well, that's us today. As I told you about the birthday card and the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, rose up in me even before I could get a little bit depressed at what my friend had written to me. He rose up in me to tell me the truth because he is the spirit of truth. You are dead and your life is hid in Christ. So you don't have to be concerned that you don't have a husband or a grandson or a daughter or plans for the holidays because you're dead and your life is hid with Christ. And I agreed, that's right, because I belong to God. Because I belong to God, I agree with what I hear from God. I don't try to fight him. You're not going to see this house again? Oh, that's all right. You'll have something else for me. I'm not troubled by not seeing a house again. When you tell me I won't see a house again, that just means put the house up for sale. See, that's how it works for those of us who are born again. Now, the other scripture telling about what the Holy Spirit does is in John chapter 16, verse 13. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus calls the Spirit the Holy Spirit. He calls him the Spirit of Truth. In the previous scripture, he called him the Comforter. That's because that is what the Holy Spirit does. He comforts us. He also is the Spirit of Truth. John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of Truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, His own ideas, but whatsoever He shall hear from God, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, secular as well as spiritual. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said. He guides us into all truth, and he shows us things to come. Those are extremely powerful weapons. I recommend that you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about the Holy Spirit, and I also recommend that you read Ephesians chapter 1, where it tells us that everyone who believes is sealed by the Holy Spirit. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.